Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Today's show is brought to you by Age of Anxiety, the newest album by Rodney Cromwell, a.k.a. Adam Cresswell. Age of Anxiety is the sound of personal demons being confronted by the power of disco. Its ten tracks feature the signature sounds that fans of Cresswell's previous incarnations have become familiar with. An innocent pop sensibility, krautrock rhythms, melodic bass lines, toy instruments, and a multitude of lo-fi moogs, arps, and vintage synths. It is an album for fans of Factory Records, Cold Wave, and those four guys from Dusseldorf who thought they were robots. So if this sounds like your cup of tea, check out Age of Anxiety at happyrobotsrecords.bandcamp.com. Sin. Hello there, and welcome. My name is Andy Last, and this is the show where I interview artists and producers who make cool music. And if you guys want me to talk for the rest of the show in that voice, please press 1 on your phones. No? Okay. My name is Andy Last. This is Beyond Synth. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Today on the show is Phaserland, a cool guy from Robocop's hometown of Detroit, Michigan. Also on the show today is Sunglasses Kid. Now, he was on the show twice in the first season, and then I didn't speak to him at all during season two, so it's been over like a year and a half, so I wanted to catch up with him, which ties in nicely to this episode because Sunglasses Kid and Phaserland have featured on each other's tracks, and uh, they're both good songs, so I thought it'd be cool to have them on the same show. So before we get crazy here, let's get through all the business. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last. Please like the Beyond Synth Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. Follow Beyond Synth on SoundCloud. And please like and share and comment on the episodes. When you listen to the show on SoundCloud, you know, uh, that's where the show streams from. There's like a little heart there if you don't know, but I'm assuming you do. But you can like heart the show and you can share the show and you can comment on the show and it makes everybody feel good. You can also friend me on Facebook if you want. I'll be your friend, man. I'm Andy Synth on Facebook. But if you are going to friend me, send me a message first so I know that you're not a robot. And you know me, I am friend to no robot. The Beyond Synth theme song is by Ogre. It is a track called Sure Thing off the album Calico Brawn. You can pick it up at ogresound.bandcamp.com. That's the theme song to this show. Everybody loves it because it is the best. So I suggest you go out and pick up that album because it is great. And Ogre is a cool guy. Also, thanks to Dallas Campbell, another cool guy, a cool dude, as a matter of fact, uh, for helping with elements of the intro to this show. And if you ever get a chance, go to Andy Last on Vimeo. 
I make videos, they're stupid, but um, I made one that I'm happy with, and that was the music video for Droid Bishop's song, Exodus. So if you ever get a chance, check it out, because it's cool. All right, we're done. Let's go now. We're going to talk to Sunglasses Kid for a little bit, and then we're going to just launch right from Sunglasses Kid into Phaserland. So I'm not going to join you again until the show is over. Here is Sunglasses Kid. All right. Hey, how's it going? Or sorry, I should have done a better one. Give me a <laughs> That was your intro. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. Who the fuck are you? What are we doing here? What's this about? Come on, mate. Context. Let's All go. Right. Here's some context. I'm here with Sunglasses Kid. Hey. How's it going? We we uh, I didn't speak with you all last season. You were on twice uh, in season one. I was. And uh, we haven't actually spoken since then. And I recorded that one really early on. So it's been like, what, like a year? And I mean, I know we've had private conversations, but I think it's been like mm. a year and a half or two years, maybe. Can that be right? Has it been that long? Episode six of season one, which would amend, I probably would have recorded with you September of like 2013. That was September 2013 was when I put out my first EP. Yeah, we talked right before you put it out. So technically speaking, we didn't even... Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we never even talked about uh, how it went. Yeah. Did it go it went all right? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went triple platinum. Yeah. Didn't I didn't I mention that? Uh, <laughs> it went well. It still seems to kind of people still seem to like it. Well, it was a good EP. Yeah. Thank you. I think they like I think they like being able to download like five things at once. People are always like I have to download individual songs. You're making my life hard. Can't you put it all together in an album? And you patented that idea, right? The album. Yeah. So back in 2013, I pitched this idea. It was like, <laughs> it's called an album. Fuck all this like individual MP3 things. We're going to put it into like a sort of collection with a sort of overarching narrative. Well, it was good because I <laughs> Which think- is actually what I am doing right now. I'm working, I'm working on an album. Oh, you are. But I haven't really been telling too many people because last time I announced I was working on a second EP, it never came, it never happened. Is this on the record that you're doing this? I guess it is. Yeah. Well, in season two, I you were one of the sponsors for one of the episodes with your Miranda Carey track. So talk about that because that was a good song. That was the real thing? Yes. Yeah, no, that was cool. I, I wasn't I'm trying to think what, what there is to say about that, really. Did you have fun making it? I did, yeah. It's just always a pleasure working with Miranda. She's she's notoriously like difficult to get hold of because we're in Aus- she's in Australia and I'm in, in the UK. Can I edit out the part where you said difficult to get hold of and just keep it at difficult? Because <laughs> she's, she's difficult. Yeah. Miranda Carey she's, is notoriously difficult. No, Miranda Carey is a notorious diva. Yeah. Um, no, she's... <laughs> She's she's fantastic and we have a great rapport. We only really talk in email and she's just a stunning songwriter. She's just really good. And she always gets what I'm doing. Like I, I kind of, even when I, in the past, have like sent her top lines that I've like hummed down the mic, like, <laughs> something like that. And she's like, no. You, you hum very strangely. Yeah. I'm like, baby, oh. <laughs> She sounds really great, and her, her uh, like just the quality of the recording and stuff. Her husband's a producer, so he gets involved in it as well. So Mister Miranda is behind <laughs> the mic. Not, but he's not behind the mic. He's behind. Yeah. He's behind the <laughs> singing. Well, 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 well. <laughs> and then he's pretending he's Miranda. 
<laughs> he's got a he's, he's got a falsetto voice in a photo of a woman. It's like I'm Miranda Carey now. She's that, like, no, honestly, that would be amazing that, if that were actually I'd, true. I'd be like, like, dude, if you've got that voice, man, just be honest, be open. People, I love you for it. I love a good bit of falsetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me then, what have you, uh, what have you been up to? Last time we spoke, you and I and Mike Mendoza were listening to songs we liked. And then a year and a half went by and you weren't on the show. Oh, man. Yeah. So what have I been doing? I've mainly just been kind of ticking over a bit with singles. And I did a remix for Future Cop, another collaboration with the boy and sister Alma, another track with Miranda Carey. I've remixed stuff for Phantom Ride and Diamond Field, who are both uh, newer guys on the scene who've taken off really massively i've been doing some stuff away from sunglasses kid but kind of because of sunglasses kid which is i'm working with a singer who's kind of um she's called nina she's really talented and so like quite a few of those collaborations i mentioned they were like things that i had got in the pipeline and had planned to put together as an ep and then other things fell through that didn't happen which which meant i was sort of left with singles that i didn't want to kind of i get impatient i just like to put stuff out i like to keep keep things ticking over a bit i did most most recent two things i've done was a, did a collaboration uh or rather i wrote a track and uh phaseland featured on it and i've just done a remix for a uh, minneapolis based indie rock band called step rockets and that was a remix of a track called phantom flower which was like an official remix where they approached me and asked me if i'd like to do it so talk to me talk to me a bit about uh the phaserland thing because we're tying this together because in this episode of beyond synth i am speaking with phaserland he spoke very highly of you oh uh met uh, several times said oh you know we're well i'm not, I'm not gonna spoil it because that's coming up but because um, you did two things right you did uh you featured oh yeah yeah so on i his featured album, on him and then and he he featured, he, it was like a it was like a tit for tat thing tits it was like, you do something for me and I'll do something for you. But do you know what? There's actually a little bit of a story behind it in that Phaserland, Ross, his, he's a guy who's been making 80s inspired music for as as long as I can tell, at least a couple of years, if, if not longer. I'm not sure. But since I've been doing stuff as Sunglasses Kid, he has been so supportive of me and like always likes what I do, always comments on what I do, always there showing support. And I always sort of had this, you know, you, I see the same kind of people liking my stuff or commenting on my stuff. And I try to engage with everyone online, but, you know, you don't always do it. For whatever reason, I never really properly engaged with this guy. And I was and I was just one day, you know, a few months before we did this, these collaborations that I was like, do you know what? I haven't really given this guy, I haven't paid him much attention. And I stopped and I kind of checked him out and I started listening to his music and I was like, God, this guy is really good. And I've been kind of not really communicating with him. And I, and I, he's been really supportive of everything that I've been doing. And I actually just felt terrible. And I shot him a message on Facebook saying, Hey, look, I, I know we, we are mates on Facebook, but we don't really, we haven't really talked or I haven't really spoken to you. And I just wanted to say, look, I, I haven't like not seen that you've been engaging with me and that you've been liking my stuff. And I feel terrible because I haven't shown you any, you know, love back. And actually I'm listening to your music and it's fucking stunning. And it was like one in the morning, my time. Mm-hmm. And so he immediately started sh- shooting me over mixes that he was working on. We started talking about his stuff and then we started talking about music. And, and I was just 
So I just kind of engaged him like that. It was a kind of strange way to engage him because he's like, oh, no, no, man, it's cool. It's fine. But mm. I just was like, I felt so bad that I'd like not have been like engaging with this guy. And, and suddenly I was like, this guy is really, really good. And I really love his music. And the mix that he was asking me to kind of listen to and we we're just discussing you know, the the orchestration of it and stuff like that had guitars in it. And I was like, the guitars are amazing, man. And he's like, oh, I played the guitar. And I happened to be working on something for New Retro Wave had got a compilation, The 80s Dream. They had a third volume of it mm-hmm. that came out. And New Retro Wave had asked me to contribute to it. And so I'd started writing a track and I was like, what this needs is funky guitar. Because that's like my catchphrase, isn't it? What this needs is funky guitar. <laughs> And I was like, Ross, can you, can you, can you do kind of funky strat guitar stuff? And he just can. And it's so good. Like he just knows how to do it. He's like the only guitarist I've ever found who can actually do it. And I, I mean like the, the funky guitars in Lucky Star by Madonna. Anyone listening should know if you don't play the guitar, cause I don't play the guitar. I suspect to do that kind of like funky strat picking is really hard. Because I've seen so many guitarists try to do it and they can't do it. Uh, they can sort of do it, but they can't do it quite like Ross can. And it's, so I think it's quite rare to have someone who can actually do it. It's like Niall, Niall Rogers is the obvious like famous guitarist who can do that sort of, well, he sort of invented that sound. But I figure part of it is uh, contorting your face in a certain way. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's you not just about what your hand face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the synth the synth player equivalent of it is when you do the pitch bend or the modulation yeah. thing on the keyboard. You're like, ah. I'm doing like the wank face now. Ah. Like that. But. <laughs> I think, oh, how does this translate as audio? I think, uh, I, I think I think I'm more fond of the wank sound. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Keep it down. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, I think I think the technique might be like you play a you play the lead guitar, but you play it like pretend a bit like a slap bass. Mm-hmm. So you, you're using some of the sort of more bass techniques to get the sound out of it. No, so anyway, I was super stoked about that. And actually, I have asked Ross, I, I know it's still on the table, I want him to do guitars for my album. But what I want to do is get all the tracks into a finished state and then be like, right, Lucky Star guitar funky stuff, you know the drill, yeah, yeah. over everything. <laughs> <laughs> over everything, Ross. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when you start doing like several collaborations with like the same person where you start to develop that sort of shorthand. It's shorthand and it's also trust. So what's uh, what's on tap for uh, the future? I mean, you talked about an album. I know we should probably do like an official like whole episode catch up, but uh, mm. t- today's Phaserlands Day, but it's been nice to- Yeah, fuck Phaserlands. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the forthcoming album from Sunglasses yeah. Kids. No, no, no. Let's talk about how amazing Phaserland is. Yeah, no, he's great. And his guitar solos are amazing. And it was a pleasure to help him out on his track. I really didn't do that much. I did a few kind of like synthy solos. I hope nobody thinks I did that much because it's really negligible, the work I did on uh, Covert Action. But yeah, I love I love working with guys like Phaserland who are just musicians who are, and that's the thing you were saying about working with people and that having that sort of shorthand and having a um a rapport with people and it's also like about having trust and just being like i no longer need to worry if they can deliver it because i know they can this when you first collaborate with people you're like maybe this won't work out because they'll either because they can't deliver musically 
um, which is cool, you know, because I can't always deliver musically on things that I try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is they might just turn out to be really flaky. Right. Like they just they just don't do it. Like they they, they are, oh, yeah, man, yeah, no, I can't do it now because my house blew up. and yeah. <laughs> those, fl- those flaky yeah. bastards. <laughs> They're always like, I had somebody like literally ask me, hey, do you, hey, I'd love to sing on a track with you. And I was like, oh, cool, yeah, so send me something. And they're like... I can't right now because currently I'm living out of a caravan in a desert. And I was like, so what did you think was going to happen? I was going to be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> how, how is this going to work in your mind? And also, how the fuck have you got an internet connection out in a caravan in a desert? Well, I love that idea too. Is just, just like, Yeah, I, w- I want to sing on your album, but I can't. So you do the singing and say that I helped. It's like, be ready. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will literally, if anyone, anyone, literally anyone messages me and says hey, will you listen to my music? Or hey, would you like to collaborate? I will listen to what they've got to say and I will definitely consider them, whoever they are, whether they've done nothing. So somebody else who's going to be working on the album with me, I won't say who it is because it's all a bit secret right now. I know she's working with another artist who's sort of peripherally associated with the synthwave scene, but he's more in the sort of electro-funk sort of scenes because she's a very kind of funk-based singer. I've just heard short demos from her and I have and I know that she's working with this other guy who I respect quite a lot. So, And she sent me some demos that she's done very rough recordings for. And even though they're rough, I can hear in it. I'm like, yeah, she can write. Yeah, she can sing. And I think this is going to be amazing. We just need to get her behind a decent mic and in a decent uh, recording and we can... We can do this. She's going to be singing on a track that's going to have a... I say this, it probably won't happen, but hopefully I've got two rappers, two guys who are rappers who are really great. They're kind of like Beastie Boys sort of vibe. They're very cool. Um, they're going to be working on a track and she's going to be singing on the chorus and then she's going to be doing one of her own uh, one of our own songs, just her singing. This sounds like an ambitious project you're working on because you said you were going to do that second EP and you didn't. Now, did some of the singles that you released... Uh, between then and now we're going to be part of that EP or was it just the EP fell apart and then you just started writing random songs? Yeah, so The Real Thing by Miranda, with Miranda Carey, Darling Dreamer with Boy and Sister Alma were both going to be on the EP. I had a couple of other tracks. One of them still kind of exists, but I haven't put it out there. I've got reservations about the mix more than anything else and another one didn't quite work out. It's difficult. That was the thing I learned about. It's why I'm hesitant to talk about an album because it was the thing I learned was I was I was shouting about something before I'd actually got it in the can, really. It sounds like by talking about the album, you haven't learned anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing it now. I've got the album coming out. The thing is, it's really hard. If you rely on like collaborations and other artists, so much of it is in other people's hands. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. I'm sitting on loads of music that I can't put out because I need vocals on them first. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's such an amazing moment when you do get a vocal through. This has just turned into an interview with me, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just I just hijack everything. Sorry, Faisal, we're going to have to cut you because... Yeah. <laughs> I think we're good, though. Cool. We caught up. We've had a good time today. Do you need me to do any idents? Need me to say any outros? Do anything Faisaland related? Well, this would be a nice little sort of connection. So as we talked before, like you did do... Um, the track Knockout featuring Phaserland. So I thought, do you want to do like a throw to your own song? And then when we uh, we come back from the break, I'll be talking to Phaserland. So what do you want me to do, like introduce the track? So let's let's officially say goodbye now. It was a pleasure talking to, with you again, Edward. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you again. Catching up with you. Sunglasses, kid. Mr. Lost. We'll do it, uh, we'll do it again sometime. And now I believe we're going to be playing... <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the most fluid segue ever. And now I believe, if I've understood you correctly, you're going to be playing one of my latest funky pop instrumentals featuring the uberly talented um, <laughs> master of funky, funky strat. That is the most terrible segue ever. <laughs> oh God, let's start it again. Well, I thought I was introducing it, but it sounded like you're about to introduce it. You're like, yeah, yeah, you introduce it. Right, bye then. Well, no, the, the, the idea was that I was going to say goodbye to you. Okay. You know, like, oh, you know, it's been good chatting. And then, and then I guess that doesn't make sense. Why would I get them? Why would you throw to your own And then I'll be like, goodbye. And before I leave, oh, knockout's coming. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You're giving the game away that there's, no, <laughs> that there's no plan for this show. I, I'm trying. I'm trying my best to oh, hold this man. thing together. Okay. Right. Listen. Oi, talk about me and Phaserland's new song, Knockout, right? Well, yeah, I heard this great track, and it's called Knockout featuring Phaserland by Sunglasses Kid. <laughs> That's by me. How about it this? It is fucking great. How about... <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to edit around this nonsense. <laughs> I'm going to try okay, my sorry. best. Start again. Well, it was a... Pl- no, this doesn't even work. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but I would say goodbye... Goodbye, and then introduce the song. Well, see, I'm trying so to now... do something new here. I think it's fun that it's going to go right from this to the Phaserland interview, so I thought it'd be cool if you're the one who threw to the song. So let's say goodbye and then be like, why don't you introduce the next song? Yeah, I could do that, I suppose. Something like that. And then I'll sign off and just be like, uh, you know, and that was Sunglasses Kid. I'm Andy Lass, <laughs> BBC Radio News. That's my impression <laughs> of BBC Radio News. Yeah. And I'm Andy Last. <laughs> this has been... <laughs> The podcast. BBC Radio News. <laughs> That's how they always speak, British British news reporters. They I make love it. everything sound really dull. Even the Amer- cause the American news reporters, when they're doing like a light hearted thing, they'll be like, And next, the dog that takes the bus to school. Oh, yeah. Like But in, in England <laughs> no, I In know, England like- they'll be like they'll be like and he takes the bus every day to school. They make it sound like it's a serious terror threat. One of my favourite moments in a, in a news was there's a there's a news reporter called John Snow, and they'd gone they'd done this special report on the fact that you were going to be able to see something to do with the like something was going to happen with Venus in the sky, like you'd be able to see some like moons orbiting it or something. It was some celestial event, and they had this whole report, like special report. And back to Jon Snow in, in the studio. And Jon Snow just paused and just went, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most... He just like summed it up. He's like, Venus. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right. Anyway, none of that's going to make it into the cup. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, listen, it's been fun catching up. I'm going to segue now. We're going to now uh, talk to Phaserland, but uh, it's been it's been good talking to you. It's been good talking to you. And I think I'll just segue to the song because there's no real natural way for you to do it. Knockout. <laughs> Venus. There you go. There's your segue. And now I'm going to play Sunglasses Kid, Knockout featuring Phaserland. And when we come back, we will be joined by Phaserland himself. Venus.
All right, I'm here with Ross. How do you say your not your last name? It's Trinkus. Trinkus? But, uh, really? Trinkus. Yeah. If you were from Germany, it'd be t- Trinkaus. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking it would be. Trinkaus. Yeah. It's, it, Trinkus is the Americanized version of it. Yeah. It, it means uh, Trink is drink and then Aus is like out. So my last name means to like drink up or drink out, which is kind of cool. I'm trying to figure out what that means then in terms of what your ancestors did. <laughs> I know. Is that literally like the last name of like town drunks? Like, yeah, having our, our German history here. Well, you know, uh, drink house with an H, which is, I don't have the H in my name, but that would be the drinking house or the bar. So maybe they worked in a bar or, you know, I don't know. So it's always interesting to look that stuff up. My, my last name literally is lame. It's like <laughs> last is, it's like a wooden thing that is the mold for a shoe. Oh, that's important, man. I mean, I guess uh, shoes are important, but at the same time, it's not cool. Like when someone comes up and like, Oh, my last name is fucking Bladenstabbing and, you know, like <laughs> my family were a long line of knights and I'm just like, yeah, we, we made that wooden thing that goes inside the shoe <laughs> to mold hey, the shoe. I appreciate it. It's great. It's cool, man. <laughs> Ross Trinkus. Yes. Also known as Phaserland is mm. here with me. How are you? I, I'm great. Very nice to be here. You're in Detroit, right? I am. How's that go? Is Indeed. it snowing for you today? Very much so. I think it's like the third worst snowstorm in the city's history, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just came in from a shoveling not that long ago. You know, like a lot of Americans <laughs> like to sort of tease and make fun of Canada being like really cold and stuff. Right, right. Which is true. So they're not, they're not <laughs> right. wrong. But at the same time, there's so many like of the big American cities that are to the north that have pretty much the same weather that we have. Exactly. I mean, I'm like an honorary Canadian. I'm, like I'm so close to the border here. 25 minutes in the car, I get to the tunnel, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can look across the Detroit River. Ooh, there it is. And like, I can hear Canadian radio. So I'm, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to live in Windsor. Oh, yes. So I remember we took one or two day trips over to Detroit when I was a kid. It was interesting. Yeah. Detroit's an interesting place. Did you remember uh, Pablo Island, like the theme park? We didn't do anything cool. It was just sort of like, well, let's go to Detroit. And when I was there, I just remembered, I mean, this was back, this would have been in the early 90s because I was like a little kid. Okay. All I remember is they didn't have the same candy because I was a kid, right? So that's all I noticed. Like when we were like in the 7-Eleven, like where are my nerds? And that's the funny thing is like, because Canada and the States are very similar in like certain ways, but then there are these little silly differences where it's like, we've got sometimes like different cereals and different candy and different chip flavors and stuff. And it's like, we're right next to each other. Exactly. Well, the the, the beautiful thing back when, you know, you turned 19, we were lucky enough to say, hey, let's go to Canada. So we could drink legally, go to the house when we were 19. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people in the States would have that, uh, that chance to, to do that. Was that an actual thing? Oh, yeah. I turned 19. Let's go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the packs of cigarettes were like really strange. Like they're wider with like pictures of dead lungs on them. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they're doing over here. Although, although mind you, up here, I, I wasn't much of a drinker in high school until later on. So turning 18 here was when you're allowed to uh, get lottery tickets and buy porn. Oh, <laughs> So 18 was kind of like a more exciting date for me than <laughs> than 19 was. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm a real classy guy, right? You're a classy guy. Hey, turning 18, Andy's right, standing in line, <laughs> ready to go. I just took a drink of water there. <laughs> Anyways, man, so what part of Detroit do you live in? Detroit's a city that I often read about and not like, I've heard there's lots of like these revival things where it's becoming like a cool community, like an artistic kind of community, but there's still a lot of the people that talk about 
you know, the, the hardships of Detroit. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to let you guys on a little secret. I've been, living, I've been living alive for the past like two years. Mm. Cause I, I don't, well, I live like, let's say three miles north of the city limits. Right. So it's like the Metro Detroit area. And like, I go to Detroit quite a bit. I work right outside of it, but I use it as an international sense for community. But yeah, there's, there's little, I mean, it's really changed in the last just five years, different little boroughs and communities popping up like Corktown and Midtown, you know, and the, the music scenes, you know, that's been quite vibrant here and there it's mostly electronic like we host the detroit electronic music festival like it's also called the movement festival Are you familiar with that at all uh no tell me about it oh yes well i mean the big thing in the city is like it's uh there's a lot of like house-based stuff and, and just you know detroit-based techno that's what's really popular it's this huge event it's been i don't know, I forget when they started 15 years ago or so i mean i used to go when i was in high school back in the the late 90s but uh i mean they would get some really big names uh, coming in i think like disclosure and stuff's coming in this year and carl craig i mean if you're into like more detroit electronic house kind of scene but mm-hmm. uh it's huge like festival they put on every year because you know people argue oh detroit's like the birthplace of techno and people say oh no it's in you know in the uk but it's always interesting yeah that's yeah, for sure. yeah i really like it here it's, it's a great mix of people and um there's lots of stuff to do and I mean, the music's great. That's why I want to bring the whole the, the retro-inspired 80 synth stuff, and I think it would really work here. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to find the other people around. Are you familiar with, with City Project at all? Have you heard any of his stuff? Um, George Strickland, he's from this area. Um, I want to get together and play some shows. And then, you know, Android Automatic. Sure. I'll just say yes to all this. <laughs> well, it's crazy because, like, w- what happens is I'll be friends with a lot of people and sort of like every... Like, I just like whatever people do because I want to support stuff. Yeah. But in the process of... Uh, researching the show, I just have to focus on who I'm talking to. When it comes time to actually like boot the show up again and start listening to stuff, I just focus. So if it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Ross Trinkus. I'm going to listen to all the music made by Ross Trinkus and I'll just sit there and take notes and grade it. And then I have a big chart on the wall where I write down the people I like and the people I don't like. And I put a big frowny face next to them. (laughs) I wish that oh, were man. true. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Get a whiteboard, man. That'd be awesome. A little frowny face, smiley face, a face with this a simple line across, like kind of impartial. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I understand. Well, anyway, Android Automatic, he's from here, and then he lives. he's living in Florida now, so he kind of counts. He's going to come back and visit me. There's a handful of, and I'm trying to get it going here in the city, and I think people could really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. They, like, they like electronic music, like dancing. Let's bring that 80s element, that the new retro wave kind of feel, synth wave stuff action. I kind of want to be the Detroit synthwave guy. That's kind of what I want to do. It's not completely gray, but I just got my hair cut, and it is very gray. Ah, salt and pepper is taking over. Yeah. Oh, no, it's taking over big time, man, and I dye the shit out of it. I'm not going to – I don't want to be gray until I'm 40 at least. If I still have hair, I'll it, be a weird looking bald dude. If no, I... no, you had the stash going. Do you grow the full beard out? No. Okay. I only literally <laughs> make me sound like an idiot, but I only grow the mustache for Christmas photos. <laughs> so like whenever people just like, oh, like Andy's got a stash. I'm like, I literally grew it for that picture I took and put on Facebook. That's why I had that. Like you make that con- like Christmas, like that connection means like mustache with you. It's like something special. It's like that Christmassy spirit is the stash spirit you know you grow it over movember i'm not even taking donations so it's just like yeah movember everyone's growing mustaches and it's just like oh you like raising money for cancer i'm like no i'm doing this to take one picture that i'm going to post on facebook (laughs) 
And one year we went and got a picture with Santa. And uh, and then from that point on, I just associated having like the mustache and like the soul patch with Christmas photos. Oh, okay. It's stupid. I, I have no way to justify oh. this decision. This year was the first time that I actually grew out a beard. It was over the summer and I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I was just so surprised that like, oh my goodness, like there's like gray whiskers sprouting from my face in certain areas. <laughs> Yeah, I've got that too. <laughs> it was quite surprising. It, you didn't know until you, you grew it out. And then, like, I I grew up my sideburns really long one year, and like they started to turn like red. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's it's exciting when you find out these sort of secrets. Like um, <laughs> Robin or Ogre, that dude has this crazy beard that he grows. Yeah, and it's a different color than his head hair. Like he's got this like this bright red beard and like dirty blonde sort of hair or whatever. It's just like I don't know. Body secrets. Yeah, it's strange. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the name of my next song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get somebody to sing about actually like what we're talking about literally, you know? Yeah. Because I'm curious about like how it works scientifically, how in your body, like it, there's like a cutoff line at the sideburns, you know, where it actually decides like, all right, you're going to have this color now. Like it's yeah, just, it's yeah. strange to me. It is, it is strange. Let's talk more about this. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> So tell yes. me, tell me, tell me about Phaserland, man. Yeah. Why, uh, why Phaserland? Well, I started the project in uh, like the summer of 2013, and the name actually comes from an old laser tag place that shut down. Um, I used to go to when I was a kid, called Phaserland with a Z. <laughs> it was different, and it was like uh, it was kind of the the earlier stages of laser tag, where if you got shot, you had to like run back to the wall, and, like charge your gun up. It could take like two seconds. You have to get like wooden tokens and stuff. I've never played real laser tag. Like the, the closest I've ever got is like those cheap things you can buy, like to play at home. Oh, like phantom guns or whatever. You know, like I'm talking about the old school ones where the technology hasn't changed since like we were children. Yeah. With like where it's just basically like IR. So like you could. So I, when I was young, I just discovered that if you just took a TV remote, <laughs> you could just defeat everybody because you wouldn't even have to point at them. Like because oh. the TV remote just had wider range than the guns did. That's brilliant. Yeah, but it sort of takes the fun away. Yeah, I guess so. It's like a cheat at laser tag. (laughs) I always want to play the real laser tag. I mean, I know people tell me to go play paintball too, but I don't want to get hurt. I feel like those things hurt when they hit you. Oh, a little bit. I I haven't been in a while. That's that's always, that's fun too. But anyway, to go back to what I was talking about earlier. um, No, no. (laughs) No, we're uh, we're done. We're done with this. We're we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I, I mean, I, I've always loved like the '80s, of course, and um, and I and I come from more of, like a band background. In high school, I was in like a dark prog rock band. I was really into like Dream Theater and Rush and stuff and Zeppelin. You know, I was guitar based. I was the guitar player, and I kind of like learned theory. And I was a b- bit of a snob for a while, you know. And I, I had my blinders on, really like it was the only way, you know. But but then I I started discovering jazz and like funk and all this extra stuff. And I've always had a soft spot for the '80s, like pop sound, like when Aha would come on. You know, or Phil Collins and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they discovered like Tangerine Dream later on. But I didn't even know, like, like most people, like the genre existed until like I heard like a Tesla Boy song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like finding a secret door in your house that you didn't know was there. Like, this exists. And, like, I want to like go through it and be part of it. And that's what kind of happened. Yeah. Well, it is exciting. I mean, like it definitely was very inspiring for me and exciting because like this is all I really wanted to listen to. I mean, I, I still listen to my regular music, but I do find a lot less. I mean, ne- once once I discovered the synth wave, I mean, that's pretty much the only playlist I play. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy about it. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Tell me about your album, Night Talk in Paradise. Yes. 
which had some cool uh, Super Nintendo-inspired artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first one I put out uh, January 2014. That was off of Wave Runner. It wasn't like that video game. The artwork was freaking sweet for that. Oh, can I swear on the show, by the way? I can't remember. No. You cannot fucking swear on this show. <laughs> it is a classy show. It's classy. You should listen to the episodes with Lucas said. We even... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> I always use that as a reference point when I talk to people, because they're like, well, you know, like, because no one else is going to drop the C word, except unless they have, like, a British accent. So the fact of the matter is that we've gone that direction in the show. That's just sort of the... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The... Um, what do you call it when you plant a flag, you know, and it's just like, that's the fuck me. All right. Final front. No. Setting the bar. Set the bar. Thank you. The bar has been set. The flag has been planted. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to cut all that out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Night Talk in Paradise, kind of inspired by one of the first tracks I made was just called Night Talk. And it had some like samples of a Magnum PI episode, like a sultry lady speaking. And uh, it was just kind of like an icy, cool song, kind of romantic, nighttime kind of a feel. So the album kind of spurred from that. And it was just a collection of like my first tracks that I started to make. And, um, you know, it, it got a little, some good responses from people, I must say. Tell me about the track, She's a Hologram Tonight, and tell me what that means. I just had this vision of my mind of super into the future and uh, people... It's actually, you know, with the Oculus coming out, it's not that different now, but uh, being, you can't being with someone you, you love or you want or desire. And so I picture that this lonely kind of cityscape and there's hardly anybody around, but somebody's coming over tonight, and she, but she's going to be a hologram. And it's just kind of like, if you can make the synthy hologram sexy and romantic, that's the kind of deal with a dark edge to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that was about it. There's no like huge concept behind it, I guess, you know, with <laughs> I just wanted to paint a picture with that name and. You can picture it in your head. Did you think about that title first? I, I guess it came way, like halfway through the song, I want to say. I can't, I can't remember, honestly. <laughs> it was a year ago, damn it. Damn it, it was a year ago. <laughs> what do you expect?
several times during this album, I noticed you had this this kind of interesting effect. I don't know if this is like intentional. Uh-huh. Is that the particular guitar sound you use almost always tricks me into thinking it's a vocal? Yeah. For a moment, you know, like right when it comes in, I'm I'm trying to think of some some examples. I think she's a hologram tonight is an example of it. Okay. And possibly China Silver and Gold. Uh-huh. Possibly. And w- I just found it really interesting because it was like obviously like I n- understood it was a guitar once it came in, but just that opening second when the guitar comes in, I was always thinking like, "Oh, it's a vocal." Oh, cool, man. I yeah, I've never had that said to me before, but I you know, it is probably just the kind of the way I use it just plugging it into my uh, this analog kind of effects board processor and then i take that into my daw from there and mm-hmm. you know by the time i like add the verb on it and eq it in bit and put some like stereo spreader on it kind of stuff that it kind of takes another little life i guess i could see that yeah i still feel i feel weird today man yesterday we had a ton of mcdonald's I don't eat much junk. Well, I, I do actually, but and uh, yeah, we had like it's the most I've ever seen because you know, like they give out those coupons in like January and February because probably everybody's got these New Year's resolutions not to eat junk food, and so they put out those coupons during those months for like the two can dine for nine bucks coupons. Mm-hmm. I guess the prices in the states are probably a little different. Maybe I think the American dollar is worth more right now, but oftentimes the American prices are are slightly lower. Like, do you guys have the dollar menu? Yes. No. Well, it's it's the dollar forty nine. Oh, yeah. So yours is actually called the dollar menu. As well, in- I, I don't. It might have changed. I don't know. It's been a little bit, but it's, yeah, it was the do- the dollar menu exactly. <clears throat> you can get like a cheeseburger, or a small fry. <laughs> so you had it yesterday. You had a bunch of McDonald's, <laughs> and today well, are you I'll feeling do, weird? Are you like you know? Yeah, like I'll get a meal, and I always get like a side burger from that dollar menu. So like I'll switch it up because I'm usually a McChicken guy. Like I like the McChicken. Yeah. But uh, you know, like I'll change it up and get a Big Mac and then get the small chicken burger. You know the the side chicken or whatever the hell it's called. I mean, none yeah, of it's yeah. chicken, but if it's yeah. <laughs> almost chicken. Yeah. So that's my that's my McDonald's story. Do you remember that Moonhead mascot? Oh, he's got it's it's deep in my heart. Yeah, was a kid. The uh, Mac Tonight. What was that Moonhead guy called? Yeah, Mac Tonight. That he's, was him. He's called Mac Tonight. Yeah. What? Yep, Mac Tonight. It was an ad campaign back in the day. And so he'd like play that. He'd float upon the stars with like the neon background. I, th- I mean, it's very synthwave. You look at it. <laughs> it's awesome. You got this big moon head and he's playing these chords. And he's flying above like electronic like hamburgers that are like in the constellations. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And I think it, it affected me as a kid somehow. You know, like I always remember Mac Tonight. I think if they brought him back now, it would scare a lot of people. <laughs> They're like, I'm not ready for this guy. I love the name Mac Tonight. Yeah. That's such yeah. a... <laughs> he's got a moon head. Like, usually sometimes they come up with names that... Well, I guess Grimace doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he's a whole other monster. But but Hamburglar, like, you know, he is a thief. Yeah. And he burgles hams. So, like, it sort of... <laughs> it kind of makes sense. You know, and I think it's related, if you if you, if you know your music history, Mac the Knife, which is that jazz song about uh, serial I killer. Well, so, <laughs> well, then, so then, it's then, a great pick, pick of a song, you know. Let's, let's use Mac the Knife or whatever. Well, speaking of Mac tonight, tell me about your track, uh, China, Silver, and Gold. I like that one. That's one of the first ones I kind of wanted to have more of like a poppy, dancey, chic. One of my friends said it sounded like shoulder pad pop or something. <laughs> Coin that. <laughs> kind of like a Chicone type of sound. Like Chicano, if you're familiar with Chicone. I like to just throw names out. Hey, you know, Chicone. Well, no, uh, Chicone I do like. He's got these two tracks that uh, I listen to quite a lot. So uh, a little bit inspired from that at the time. And actually, it was the first song that I used like a sample. It's like, if you hear it, it's got this like hit like, Daryl, Daryl. Uh, not quite an orchestra hit, but kind of like that. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was the first time I incorporated that with it, with the little guitars. my take on like a poppy kind of fun tune a little dancey it was on future city records compilation so that was like the first comp that i ever got on at the time so that was pretty cool was that exciting for you it was yeah so, oh yeah you know just starting out like that was pretty <laughs> exciting for sure who is singing on the track stage light dusk that is me <laughs> kind of experimenting a little bit and uh, it seemed to work what's interesting about that track is some some guy picked it he really liked it and he made this movie. It's called Broken Gardenias. It's actually like playing around in smaller like festivals and stuff. He wanted to use that song. He liked it so much. So it's like halfway through the movie, he's like, it, it's it's like a lesbian coming of age type of story. I recommend you should watch. It's 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 good. It's like kind of artsy, kind of fun. Like a little sprinkle of like eighties pop feel in it. If you have time, check it out. It's pretty cool. But they you use that track in one of the scenes, and it lasts for like two minutes usually it's like oh you know 10 seconds but like it kept going i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> and like there i am like the one track he picks i had my experimental vocals on and i was a little weird about out about that but it's uh pretty cool now according to a brief article in retro promenade christmas magazine from 2013 mm-hmm. uh it says that uh you have a musical family is that true yeah you could say that i guess i, I learned from my dad he uh, started as a classical guitar player so like one of my earliest memories is like having like the case open. It has like this fur on the inside and just kind of like touch. Like I seriously, it's like one of my first memories is like the inside of a guitar case, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he doesn't play as much anymore. And then my mom like plays piano and she can like sight read, but then she doesn't play much anymore either. So there's definitely the music little thing going on with the family. Do they listen to what you make? Oh, yeah. They're they're big supporters for sure. Well, that's cool. Actually... It's like, oh, hey, mom. It's like, hey, mom, you want to, uh, you want to do some investing? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, if you got, if you give me like 75 bucks, I'll give it back to you in like in a month and a half. Like, I'm going to sell some tapes. <laughs> and I was like, well, cassette tapes? It's like, yeah, I'm going to get some cassette tapes made. And uh, lo and behold, I ended up, you know, selling some, some cassette tapes, which is pretty awesome. And then gave it, you know, help pay back. 
I think I'm not sure if I paid all that back yet, but <laughs> mommy, if, mommy, if you're listening, I will. I just, it's just a matter of time. Also, at the end of that retro promenade article, you thanked Mike Mendoza for the opportunity. Now, did he force you to do that? Oh, because I've never thanked Mike for anything. <laughs> I feel like it was done under duress. <laughs> it's blackmail, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's great. You put that all together. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. Like, how, that's, I'm too lazy to put a whole thing like that together. I mean, I, I'll do them, an album, you know, but the whole article thing and contacting, like all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had a time with like five people on the album, this current album that I did. At Heart, you know. Oh, we'll get to that. First, I'd like to talk to you about you being the unofficial <laughs> spokesperson for the Chevrolet Volt. <laughs> how did that happen? You tell me, man. I, I think I uploaded a picture. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I drive an electric car. I do research on my guests, although sometimes I do slack and there are probably some episodes people can find where I like, start talking to a person and have no idea what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes oh, well, I do a little research and I find that Ross Trinkus seems to talk a lot about gas mileage. <laughs> well, you know, I think I uploaded a picture when I first got it, like before I even started doing this kind of music, before I was Fasialand, and then somebody liked it again. You know, when you like a Facebook picture, it like pops back up. Mm-hmm. And so then another person like liked it again. So I ended up answering some questions about it. I will speak highly of the, the automobile. It's fantastic. I think I put in like seven bucks of gas in the last like month. Mm. It's a great vehicle. You know, I can still, you know, it covers my commute. Like I work like 19, 20 miles away in the spring and summer and fall. Like I could, it'll cover it all like from one charge, which is nice. And then if I need to go and I like want to drive to Chicago or something, I can just go and just fill it with gas. I can go like 300 miles in a tank of gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the unofficial spokesman of the community. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just, I, I seem to see quite a few. I remember like it sort of stood out to me after a while that like, oh, there's, there's a lot of comments about gas mileage and about. Uh, yeah. And then, oh yeah. St- yeah. Steve, Mr. Uh, Silent Gloves. He was like, oh, well, actually this is, it's bad, terrible for the environment and from the battery aspect. I'm like, oh boy. And everybody knows that when the battery runs out of charge, you just jam it into the nearest tree. <laughs> Of course. I know that. They tell you that right on the website. I know. When it's done, you cut a square-shaped hole in the nearest tree and jam the battery in it. Or incorporate it in your next childhood uh, playground. Just kind of build a little (laughs) tower of them and they can play around them. (laughs) That'd be awesome. It's a jungle gym made out of batteries. It's not so bad. Let's talk about uh, Electric Atlantic, which is your new album, which is full... Over half of the tracks are collaborations. Yeah. So what was that like? You know, working with people from five different countries around the globe and the different vocalists. Surprisingly, like people like Sebastian Campbell and Sunglasses Kid, they really, you know, despite working with them and writing, you know, we become closer in friendship. And of course, before I started this album, I was writing with Nikki. So we've got a lot of songs together already. And we, the original idea was to have two different albums. And one was just going to be like an EP with her, like four or five tracks on it. And then the rest were just going to be instrumentals. And then as time went on, I wanted to work with a few more people. So it kind of became like a uh, like a variety album in a sense, you know, with different mm-hmm. people. And um, it just, I kind of just wanted to make one big oomph type of a deal. <laughs> one, you know, expression of it all. So it, it, it's fit together nicely. I know there's 15 tracks. There's a remix too by Far Fletched. It was it's a great experience. Like, And it was actually much easier than I thought it was going to be working with everybody. I mean, I got really lucky from the vocalist to the the guest artist. It just seemed to mesh really well. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, there's there's some good sounds in there. Tell me about the track uh, Midnight Steps featuring Heidi.
Heidi. Do I know who oh, Heidi yes. is? Heidi. Do you, do you? She is from Portugal and she was uh, friends with, she did a track with uh, Bixby Snyder. No, maybe I do know who that is. Yeah. Is it like yeah. Heidi Gubbins or something? Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. Of... Okay, That's yeah. That's her. I, I know who that is. So they did a track together called like uh, The Moon and Back and it was just totally awesome and I just loved every moment. I was like, oh man, I could, that'd be awesome to work with her because it was kind of like a little more of a sassier vocals, whatever, than a, in, a, in a good way, you know, like a poppy, you know, a little maybe Sade Estefan kind of, but it was still her own sound too. So that's how I first heard about him. And uh, Bigsby Snyder is also Basil, who's a great graphic designer who designed my Phaserland logo, Bl- Blood and Chrome Design. If you you know if you check him out, he's like one of the top retro graphic artists that there is. He's he's incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing a. Although I'll probably cut this out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing like an artist of synthwave episode. Oh, and I think he's gonna be one of the dudes I talk to, and I'm just gonna do I'm gonna get as many as I can. I've already talked to a few who won't just because they don't speak English, mm-hmm. which is a, a thing. So I won't be talking to George Gold or I, t- I you know I messaged like seven or eight dudes. Ah, I'm always just messaging seven or eight dudes. <laughs> That's what I do. I just write pics question mark. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> wait for the pictures to come rolling in. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, well, it's great. You're doing a, an, an artist. I mean, that's that's half the battle. I mean, but that's such a whole other important side of the the visuals. Yeah, I think so. Although, I like, I came up with the idea, and then Mike Mendoza had a whole thing about it in one of his retro promenade magazines. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, you stole my idea," and I was like, "Yeah, it's not else I'll steal." And I went down to. Texas and took his soul. <laughs> like Shang Tsung? Exactly like Shang Tsung. <laughs> now I can morph into that's, him at will. That's that's frightening. Yeah. Anyways, what were you saying? <laughs> A lot of these tracks have, like, I was experimenting with, like, the Korg legacy series, not to get too technical on you, but it's a certain, you know, keyboard emulator that was from the era, the Wave Station. And a lot of those kind of cool, like, late 80s, early 90s kind of pop tones, but still trying to keep it 80s. It's interesting talking about, you know, what kind of sounds you use, because I do find you use a lot of sounds I don't hear very often. I'm trying to do this diplomatically, but there are certain uh, sounds that are customary. <laughs> customary, yes. You understand. There are certain go-to sounds, and I find when I'm listening to Phaserland tracks, I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't hear that sound. I mean, like, you still have... The, uh, you know, like the song structure and that sort of thing that has that sort of retro feel, Mm -hmm. but you're not always kind of using those default kind of sounds that I just immediately associate with like 80s inspired stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. You know, it's... It's a a good thing. I'm saying it's a good thing. I know (laughs) it's coming across like I'm accusing you of something, but... 
<laughs> it's a good thing. No, no, no. I totally understand. It's like it's kind of like painting, right? Like, what colors do you choose? Now, this is related, but it might be. So I went to an art school at Michigan State, and I was a painter. Like, I would paint big abstract paintings and stuff, and I'd always be mixing colors that, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, you know, don't take it out of the tube, straight out of the tube. I got to, like, mix it with this, like, this gray color, and then add this blue, and then whatever. So, I mean, I just like tweaking things. Not that I'm a huge tweaker. <laughs> like, I don't spend, like, all my time making sounds or anything. I just take presets, and I kind of tweak the presets and stuff, and I'll scroll through. And I, and I like combining, like, okay, I'll use an FM synth like a fm8 and i'll mix it with like you know, some old analogy ditty and, or just like layer them or something mm-hmm. or just harmonize it with the guitar and pan it or whatever so I, it's all craziness and it just i decide to do it you know it's not like any formula really how long are you in art school for oh five years really yeah so i went to michigan state graduated in 05 so i started in like 2000 so it was like half painting, half graphic design kind of thing. So I got you know, a Bachelor of Fine Arts over there. Do you still paint? I don't really anymore. Um, I did a little bit, but it just with creative timing-wise, I just don't have a lot of time to do that and all the music. And the music's the real passion anyway, and so I, I just stick with this. So you got to divide that between real work and marriage and making homemade pizza and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Yes. Don't get me started on the pizza. Homemade, uh, delivered, I don't care. Thin crust, fat crust. <laughs> I want to have like a Forrest Gump thing going here where you just describe all the different types of pizzas. Brick oven, (laughs) Chicago style, deep dish, California. Droid Bishop's always going off about uh, homemade pizzas. Really? Yeah. So maybe we can like form some friendships about it. You know what I always want to do? Cause there's, there's this place by my house. It's, well, it's, it's like half hour away. It's called Slice of the 80s. And it's a pizza place, but it's all 80s themed. Like there's posters and they have the music going. They have arcades going in there, highly decorated. And there's all these crazy 80s names. And they have like these dessert pizzas with like neon frosting on it. It's just so cool. I was like, that'd be awesome to like open up your own pizza, like 80s pizza place, but have like live music there, like have like a hangout spot to yeah, open yeah. like two in the morning. <laughs> so you get pizza and beer. It's just totally retro-y. You know, you can have guests. I mean, that would be awesome, man. Like my dream. That'd be so cool. Hit your mom up for another $75 <laughs> loan. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. That would be cool, man. I'm probably not going to ever really do it, but I just like to dream about it. I saw this uh, cool picture of you where you got your shades on, like the big like aviators and stuff. Oh, yeah. Are you hiding stoner eyes? <laughs> Not in that picture, probably. <laughs> I remember that shot. I think with like the red little neon building behind it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like, getting dark, too. It was just a look, you know. I, I just like that those aviator looks. It's so classic. But that picture with the, with the red neon behind it, it's taken in front of a Coney Island. Are you familiar with Coney Islands, the restaurants? Not really. I mean, like I know, I know that word. <laughs> I hear it uh, yeah. said. I was just watching Ghostbusters the cartoon. I think they mentioned it. Coney Island is like, uh, well, in New York, that was a place where they, you know, they had like rides and stuff and like it's kind of very old school and it's been around for a while on the coast. But Coney Islands in Michigan or the Detroit area are like restaurants and is it something kind of, oh, I need to get a Coney. It's like a hot dog with like chili, mustard, and onions on it. And like that's all it is. People are very like serious about like which ones are the, the best place to go. And like the chili is so important. And it's like a huge thing. Like conies are everywhere. And a lot of it are, are like, uh, it's got Greek inspired Greek food served with it. So that's a, that's a big Coney place behind me. It's called National Coney. And that, that place is awesome. So, and it, it is totally like inside. Like, I don't know when they, they probably built it in the 80s, but there's neon everywhere. And it's totally imagine like uh like the the Max from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally like the well, Max. See, that's the thing. I was thinking when you were talking about your pizza place idea, I was thinking about the Max. <laughs> it's like the hop in there. 
you'll go on there any day that we could be like there's like teenagers it's, it's 24 hours it doesn't never closes you know friday night it's just full of like kids to like all the hours of the night it's a pretty cool little social place there but yeah, it's a coney and it has like all that red neon it's a cool picture that i wanted to get in front of it that's what that's what that is Mm-hmm. With the, with the aviators. Yeah. Well, it works, man. That's a great picture. Oh, thanks. Speaking of wearing sunglasses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. tell me about the track Covert Action, which you uh, you collabed with the old sunglasses kid on. Yeah, we, we've struck up a bit of a friendship just recently, and I think we were messing around with the deal. Like, he wanted some some live guitars, so I started record bits for him, which actually ended up being on that new Retrowave compilation, Knockout, that song that he did. I just did the guitars on that. So that was, like, previous. And so I asked him, hey, it would be awesome if you could record some synths over this have like a synth solo and i want to make some cool chords over it. he's like oh absolutely he's a big fan of like that strat kind of madonna like pop guitar sound mm-hmm. like, funky kind of tick, 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 kind of stuff so he wanted that with his tracks and i tried to create that for him yeah he laid down a nasty solo in that song and i kind of wanted like a speedboat feel like being chased in a speedboat <laughs> <laughs> and like kind of james body like it came from like an old crappy computer game magazine there was some like, knockoff game called covert action it's supposed to be like Nice. Like a James Bond game or something. It was called Covert Action, so that's where I took that name from. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just like a, f- a fun tune, and yeah, he, he uh, just nailed that solo on that. It's always, it's always fun working with them. stacks of old like computer game magazines and stuff that I get art inspired by and I mean I've always loved Nintendo we had like the Sega Master System Genesis and Super Nintendo like my brother still he's like addicted still he's a huge video game guy and my mom still likes to like when he comes home for the holidays like just still to sit around like play video games my mom would just love to watch it's like it's like a holiday tradition <laughs> it really is it's crazy and he's, he'd always be the one to convince them to buy them like the systems like and they do like a bunch of research and say it's good for like hand-eye coordination development and like 
<laughs> and I'm totally serious. So, you know, it was a big part of Christmas is video games. But the music of that is just so uh, inspiring in my life. Um, just like sitting there playing all those like, Mega Man games and like humming the melodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been in my brain ever since. So it's a big inspiration, like the video games for sure. But like when you were a kid, it was all about watching your brother play. I mean, he'd let me play once in a while. <laughs> is he older than or you? He wasn't around. Yeah, he's a couple years, he's like two years older than me. Oh, okay, okay. So I'd always be, you know, Luigi. <laughs> Remember when I was a kid? Yeah, my brother had systems and stuff, but we've got like a bigger age gap. So he's uh, six years older than me. So I wasn't allowed to do anything, but I, I would play when he was gone. I got, <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. when I would get my games, but he had like a Commodore and Nintendo, but like all just one at a time. It would like, he'd have a system for a little while and then end up selling it to somebody and like pick up another system. So like, you know, at one moment we were like playing Turbo Graphics, and then oh, yeah. next year it was Sega Genesis and stuff. Yeah. I remember he sold the Genesis to get the, play, the first PlayStation when it came out. And I was a little sad about that. But then I was blown away. But then you know, now you look at the PlayStation 1 graphics, like Battle Arena Toshinden, and like, oh my God, this looks so crappy. But at the time, it looked so amazing. The first PlayStation console I owned was the PS3. Although I was always around people during the PS2 era, so like I was always had access to it. Uh-huh. But I was still like a pretty much a Nintendo guy all the way up until PS3 time when it was just really uh, hard to justify it anymore. Right. Because yeah, yeah. I did for the longest time. Like I justified it through GameCube because there were great games. And then when the Wii came out, I like bought that line of shit that Nintendo was saying like, oh, graphics don't matter. It's all about fun. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then the first time I play fucking Oblivion. And I'm like, no, no, I want to be playing this. Like, this is what I want. Yeah. You know, like when mm-hmm. I discovered Elder Scrolls, it was just the end. It was just like, holy fuck. Like, this is what I want to be doing now. Yep. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim, dude. Fuck. I put, I put in so many hours into Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Me too. Preach. I know how many hours because it, <laughs> it tallies it for you. <laughs> so I know. I know that I put 250 hours into that game. Oh, man. And it was the yep. best. I, f- I love it. I love it. I was a, a wood elf. That was my thing, an archer. I spent many hours on that as well. I would do like one sort of playthrough where I would discover what my play style kind of was mm-hmm. and then create like another character that was just totally designed to play. Because I would always start out going like, oh yeah, I'm going to be an archer and I'm going to use magic. And then I ended up just running up to people and like slicing with dual blades. Yeah. And so then I just created another character where from scratch, I just leveled up those abilities that I knew I was always using. There goes another hundred hours yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah. So that was the whole thing. Like when I discovered that stuff, it was over. It was like, fuck you, Nintendo. I mean, like I still own Nintendo systems, mm-hmm. but uh, you know. It's not about graphics. It's just about the fun. Because, you know, when you think back to the when Nintendo was like at its height, the thing was, it was also like a powerful, cool system. Like when I think back to playing Goldeneye and stuff, mm. and yeah, yeah, they're dated, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But the thing was, Goldeneye was the shit at the time. Oh, like yeah. it wasn't just like, you know, you're playing on the, the kitty Nintendo system and, you know, there's this game that's kind of fun or whatever. Like Goldeneye was the game, you know, it was, the, it, even if you owned a PlayStation, you knew that Goldeneye was like the party game. Yeah, it, it was the party game. And then, oh, and Mario 64, like I, I freaking love that game. Oh no, it's one of the best. I mean, like that's the thing about Nintendo is it still has this funny way of even when it like delivers a subpar system or, you know, like the new Wii U, which is not selling very well for them. Right. You know, they'll still produce like a game of the year game, you know, within that, even though no one's like playing them anymore, (laughs) but they'll still put out like a Mario game that's really good, you know, and a really great Zelda. But like, it's just frustrating because at the time when Nintendo was like on the top, their systems were also powerful too. So it wasn't just that it was all about the fun and they were making like a great game. It was also like the system was cool too. And now they just don't have that cachet anymore of like having like a cool system. When I think back to like Mario, like the like Super Mario and stuff, to me, 
you know, when Nintendo kind of went this weird jazzy, like cheap jazzy electronic sounds for its video games, <laughs> but I never heard it that way in my head when the Nintendo was out. You know what I mean? Like when, when you think about the underground song for Mario, like the na 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 yeah. That to me isn't done with cheesy jazz, like cheap synth sounds. It's like fucking full on like, like it's awesome. And I want right. to see them make a Mario game that like embraces the fact that all those tunes could be awesome. They don't have to be this, like all Nintendo games have basically elevator music now. Mm-hmm. Make it cool, Nintendo. Make it cool. I, wish, that, I wish they would, man. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Got that out of your system. Yeah, <laughs> get, it, get it out. <laughs> The big thing coming out next for me is like a it's like a music video, like a real music video. And by the way, I saw your video, which is awesome, the one you edited, the one of Droids' um, song. Oh, that thank was you. awesome. Thank you. I don't know, how many hours you put into that? Quite a few. As many as Skyrim, or uh, it was a lot. I've been working. I mean, the reason why it takes me so long to put out the podcast too is I just don't have like a consistent schedule. Part of that's my fault. I work from home and it's it's tricky to sort of balance that yeah. real work with like hobby stuff. So on and off, I've been working on that Droid Bishop video since last spring. But if you calculated all of my hours, it, it I could have probably finished it in like probably two months if I, sure. you know, actually said like, I'm going to work for this thing, you know, two hours a day until it's finished instead of, sure. th- there were periods of time where for like two months I didn't even touch it. You know, I was just busy doing other things. And It was well done, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. that. So it got me in the mood. I've actually just wrapped up filming music video myself, like a real one with a, a, a real camera and like a setup with lights and stuff <laughs> and <laughs> instruments and props. It helps if it's not an imaginary camera. So that's one. I, I, <laughs> no. And so, yeah, working on that and um, I'm filming all my scenes here and then I'm actually doing the video for Electric Atlantic. And so Nikki's filming in the UK. Like I don't even know what it's going to look like. <laughs> and then, I mean, we have ideas, you know, and so she's, and then so I, I'm waiting to get this footage and then I'm just going to edit it all together. So I'm going to have like my first official music video. So that's pretty exciting. And like a lot of the hard work is trying to like prepare like what's the story going to be. I mean, and there's one thing between like, oh, it, oh, that song sounds cheesy or like, oh, like that's cheesy, you know, like <laughs> a bad kind of cheese or a good kind of cheese or whatever right. in the 80s inspired stuff. And so that's kind of half the battle trying to plan it all out. But again, I, I have no idea what's going on over there. So I'm just doing my best to kind of edit it. And a lot, a lot of it's going to be performance stuff. And there's a little story behind it as well. Mm-hmm. So it really, it's all about when it comes down to editing, we'll see what happens.
it's kind of a newer thing, the video for editing for me. I mean, I've done some in the past, so I'll probably be wasting a lot of hours trying to put this all together. Not wasting, of course, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I, I want to see, I'm always careful of how I word this, but I want to see more original videos by synthwave artists. Yes. I mean, I get the point of the using 80s film collages to set to the music. Like, I get it. But to me, those things can never feel like legitimate videos because they're just taking footage from something else. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see original. I do. And I, and I said 2015 is going to be the year of the video, the synthwave video. And it's not that they don't Turn. exist. Like, they, I mean, there's, there's some right. that are out there. The only exception I sort of make is if it's from footage I don't recognize. <laughs> For instance, like whenever like Carpenter Brute has like a video and it's got this weird fucking weird French film I've never heard of in my life with just like naked ladies running around or something. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, like to me, I don't know that footage. So to me, it's like, well, that's the Carpenter Brute video, you know, like with right. with the crazy footage. But, you know, when it's stuff that I recognize, it's like I'm torn because on one hand, I mean, that is what the music is is meant to be evoking. So you should cut it to that sort of footage. I mean, why not? But at the same time, I feel like in order to be more legitimate, I feel like the videos should be original. I agree, definitely. This you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I, I think that maybe we can start a trend here. Like your video, let's get the videos going. Come on, everybody. When you think about, you know, the the videos in the 80s and stuff, I mean, a lot of them were like crazy experimental things anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it would be fun to see people not necessarily have to use the tropes of 80s stuff. Because to me, I mean, this is my personal opinion, is I love 80s music. Right. And I love the synthwave sound, although this seems contrary because I made a video that was full of neon and stuff. But uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be married with the stereotypical images you would see in an 80s video. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's cool if it is. Like, I'm not against the idea. Right. But I also don't think it's necessary. Right. Just personally, to me, it's always just been about the music. Like, I've always wanted this music to be around. To me, it doesn't have to be just 80s music. Like, this is just a, a genre of music that should never have gone away. Right. And so I could see it being used. It makes everything cooler. You know, if I'm playing like a modern video game and I throw on a synthwave playlist, it makes the game cooler. The game doesn't have to be fucking 80s inspired at all. It just makes the game cooler because it's cool music. Andy, I agree with you 100%. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't, you know, it's about the music and um, I'm stumbling here, but you know what I'm saying. I agree with you is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> blah, blah. Making it happen. So that's like the newest thing I'm working on this video. And of course, I'm always writing. I think I'm going to work on an EP next. And it's going to be like the sprinkle of a new disco kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to work on a live show too with a bass player. I've known him for a while and he can pull off some of that cool. He used to be like a few, we used to cover like Contra back in the day with some like fusion jazz band that I was in. So I know he's got the chops for it. Mm -hmm. So we're working about like pre-recorded kind of live tracks going, a slight DJ feel with live keys and guitar and bass and everything and try to get some live shows going this summer. So that's the next thing too, is live shows, videos, more music. Yeah, that's it. That sounds awesome, man. I'm happy about it. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I agree with you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your awesome show. No problem, dude. I was on the wait list for like a year. Yeah, well, see, because it's tricky, right? There's no list. No, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, but, it, but it's, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of people... Who I've, you know, I'll be like, yeah, we'll do it. And then because of my weird schedule, like if I could get funding for this thing, like and actually do it professionally, like where there was like money coming in, 
then I would do like a weekly show like Marco and then just, you know, do a 15 hour show every Sunday and, you know, and <laughs> every Sunday in the morning, you know. Yeah. And I'll, just... I'll put on an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be hilarious. I've the got... Canadian Australian. Yeah. I've got great ideas. They're just, they're all built on the foundations of stealing other people's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, what it was good talking to you. Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we look forward to uh, to more Phaserland projects coming up, and maybe we'll have you back sometime for a little, you know, catch up or whatever. I would love that. So we can get to all the all the stuff we didn't talk about. Like, uh, what didn't we talk about? Um, oh, Why you like uh, collaborating with Nikki Dodds so much? Oh yeah. Is it just because she's nice? Because she's like. Uh, so easy to work with and like really talented. Well, that's a good reason. Probably why, yeah. <laughs> she's so very creative, comes up with awesome melodies, like on the spot. And she's like, oh, I'm not too precious about anything idea. Like, just do what you want. It's always works out really nice. So by chance, it happened to, to run across her in SoundCloud. It was like a random message. It was like, do you want to sing vocals over this track? And she said yes. And she's like an honorary member at this point, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did. I mean, how many, was there like five? Five of hers on the on the new album tracks where she's singing on them. Four, if you include like she did like the voiceover on the sushi on the monorail. There's like a little intro of like people getting on the mo- monorail about to go on this little adventure, and she does like the little welcoming speech, like "Welcome to Phaserland Express." Yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's on that one, and there's like two or three others we wrote that were were not on this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard Phaserland Express. <laughs> We'll be departing shortly. Thank you for riding with us today. All Sorry that we've had sort of like two goodbyes. I'll try and edit it into one. I've always hated goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, I'm the worst. Actually, you took the initiative there and I should have rolled with it because <laughs> you just said out of the blue, just, well, thanks for having me on. And I could have just been like, hey, great. He ended the show for me. Yeah. But then I decided but to keep talking. What else talking. did we not talk about? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long list of things. Wait, what else did we not talk about? <laughs> All right, dude. Well, you have, a, you have a lovely day. You too, man. And uh, you take care and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Stay warm and stuff. That sounds good. All right. Thanks, dude. All right. Take care. And that was Phaserland and Sunglasses Kid. It was two guys. You know my motto, it's always better when there's more men. That's been my motto. <laughs> I think I need some help. Someone's got to write me intros and outros for this show. I, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in next time. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, it means a lot to me. Uh, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it's going to get sentimental all of a sudden. <laughs> No, I really do. I appreciate it. You guys listen to the show and like the show, and it makes me feel good about it. And that uh, is a good thing to do. To feel good is a good thing. So uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next time where my guest will be. Have I ever done that? I don't think I've ever announced who the next guest is. I know who it is. Sometimes I don't know who it is. So that happens. 
<laughs> when I literally just don't know what the show is going to be. In this particular instance, I know, I kind of know what my next three shows are going to be, but I'm going to keep it under wraps. Let's just say in the next episode, the guest might just be from France, and his name might just be Dan Terminus. <laughs> Unless, of course, I actually finish the episode and it doesn't get approved, and then the guest is somebody else. Guys, it's been a slice. Autobots, roll out. Speaking of which, I was watching that one with Mark Wahlberg. The new one, the Transformers film. Jesus. The guy's name, Mark Wahlberg's character's name, is Cade Yeager. Like, you know when you're a kid and you're making up, like, fake names for, like, action heroes or whatever, like, movie... Like, movie names? Like, I, Cade Yeager. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>I want you to come here and say hi to Sunglasses Kid. Hi, Sunglasses Kid. Hey, how you doing? Said, how you doing? How you doing? No, he... <laughs> All right, get out of here. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Your dad sounds so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.